Go, let's begin our service this morning, our, our sermon, and I've entitled it Hope Against Hope, Having Faith for a New Year. And we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 4, so turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 4, and we are going to uh, look at this passage from verses 17 through 21. Now, uh, I've, I've already heard like five times the joke, well, I haven't seen you since last year, you know, that kind of... I've already heard that so many times, but I hope you had a happy new year, and of course, more importantly, Merry Christmas. Uh, In the the Bible, the new year has absolutely no significance as far as, you know, January 1st that that we celebrate. Uh, However, in the Old Testament, there are some things that God established on the first day of the first month, you know, day one of the year. And uh, there are two important things in the Old Testament that the new year... Um, symbolized or marked. The first thing was the celebration of the Passover. So right after the first of the year, as the year began, the Passover celebration was to be celebrated by the people of Israel. And the pa- this special Passover celebration, it uh, was a special reminder or remembrance for the people of Israel that God had passed over them and delivered them from the angel of death that passed through the land of Egypt as he was bringing them out of Egypt. The second thing that began on, actually this was the first day of the first month, was the establishment of the tabernacle. And the tabernacle, of course, was that place where the people of Israel from that day forward were to bring their sacrifices as they worshipped God um, throughout the wandering of the, of the wilderness and as they went into the promised land. So in the Old Testament, you do have these reminders or these things, these events that took place at the beginning of the year that served as memorials for two things, deliverance from their sins and from their bondage in Egypt and the worship of God, which was to take place at the tabernacle. Now for us, as we move into this new year, it is a reminder for us to uh, remember the new creation that we are in Jesus Christ. So Jesus for us marks the beginning, a new creation. As we saw in Sunday school this morning, born again. We are born again. This new spiritual life that comes to us. We remember that as we look to Jesus. And that opens the door for us then to truly worship God like we ought. So there's a parallel between what, has happened, what happened in the Old Testament and what happens to us in the New Testament through Jesus Christ. Here's the verse that I alluded to in 2 Corinthians 5.17, and it is a great verse of hope. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Isn't that, isn't that great? Isn't that a, a hopeful a hopeful verse, a, ho- a verse full of hope, right? You got it? A hopeful verse. And uh, we can look to this, we can look to Jesus. He makes, new th- uh, he makes us new. Nothing in life, nothing in this world, nothing in the universe can do for a person what Jesus has done for us. Truly, in Jesus Christ, we have a new beginning. Now, I once read, a, uh, this was years ago, I think I was still in school, and I read a sermon uh, it was a collection of sermons by Martin Lloyd-Jones. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Martin Lloyd-Jones, but he was a famous preacher in England, and uh, his sermons continue to have an impact for many, many people today, Martin Lloyd-Jones. But anyway, uh, in one of his sermons, he said that um, you should take advantage of what's going on in society, 
like the holidays and so on. You should take advantage, as a preacher, you should take advantage of those times in order to make a point of connection with the world and therefore an avenue to preach Christ. So this is what we do. This is what I'm doing this morning. Even though the new year that we celebrate here, you know, in our world today, has no biblical link, we take advantage of it as an opportunity for us to take hold of the truths of God and to convey them to our hearts in a way that is, uh, there's a connection. So this morning, what I want us to do is to be encouraged by the biblical idea of hope, hope, hope for tomorrow. And so that is where our, my title comes from, Hope Against Hope. It, uh, I drew it out from one of the verses in Romans chapter 4, as we'll uh, look at in a moment. Now, we also, as we consider hope, we can't just consider hope by itself. There's another element that goes along with hope, and that idea is faith. So faith and hope are go, are, uh, go together. Faith, to have faith and hope and the expectation of great things, we bring those two ideas together and we look towards God who is at work in our lives and who will continue to work in our lives as we move into this new year. We see in Hebrews chapter 11, this is kind of the classic verse we turn to for a definition of faith. And notice, you'll see that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So there you have those two ideas, faith and hope coming together. It is, faith is the evidence of things not seen. So faith and hope are really important, and they are linked together. And as we come to Romans chapter 4, the life of Abraham becomes the model or the example for us as New Testament believers to have faith and hope in Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. So our first point today is this. God can make anything happen. I'm going to read verses 17 through 20, 21, and then I'll come back to this verse. So look at verse 17 with me. It says, as it is written, I have made you, Abraham, a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not, because, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So that's the passage we're going to be looking at, and our first point is that God can make anything happen. And this goes back to verse 17, where it says, God who gives life to the dead. Nobody can give life to the dead but God himself. He is the one who gives life to the dead, and he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now, this is a really important thing, and these two ideas go together. God is the one who can give life to the dead. Only God can do that. But he is also the one who calls the things that do not exist into existence. Now, in the New King James Version, or in the King James Version, it reads like a hypothetical. 
It reads like, you know, the things that don't exist as though, but they don't necessarily, as though they did. Well, that's a little bit off, I think, because what we're really looking at here is the one who calls into existence the things that don't exist. And we are immediately taken back to Genesis chapter 1, right? Because you had all of this creation which did not exist. And what did God do? He called it into existence. Let there be light. There was no light. But he said, let there be light. He spoke it, and it came into being. And this is the God that we serve. He is the one who can do the impossible. He can raise the dead, and he can call the things that aren't into, in existence, he can call them into existence if he so choose, by a word. Boom. And there it is. And so we learn something about God. And I want us to be confronted with these truths this morning. That God can make anything happen. Because so often we have such a limited view of what is going on around us. We have a limited view of what God will and won't do in our lives. We have a limited view of what, even what we believe He can do in our lives. That it holds us back or prevents our faith sometimes. But in reality, we don't serve a weak God. We don't serve an um, ineffective God. We don't serve a sleeping God. We serve a God who can bring life to the dead and a God who can call things into existence. Amen? So, God can make anything happen. Now, Abraham faced something in his life. And in human terms, what Abraham faced was completely impossible. But what was impossible for Abraham, and in Abraham's eyes, was nothing to God. So let us learn something of the power of God as we go forward, as we seek to live this life, this year. Let us go forward with the power of God and the presence of God before us. Let us look to Him, and let us bring our broken selves to God. Because when Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put him back together again, he can put all our pieces back together again should we fall off the wall, or I should say when we fall off the wall. There is God, and he can put it all back together again. And one day he will, praise the Lord, when he gives life to the dead. So he will give us life, O dead ones, and he will call those things that don't exist, he will call them into existence. Praise be to the Lord. So that is the God that we serve. And as a result of this point, there are some things that we need to activate or put into motion or maybe encourage us or you know, stoke the flames or whatever we need to do. Light that fire within our hearts. There are these, these things that we need to do. And it has to do with our faith and, and our hope. And so here's our second point this morning. Have faith even when it seems hopeless. Have faith even when it seems hopeless. Now, the key word here in verse 18, this is where we're going to look at now. In verse 18 it says this, who, Abraham again, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. The key word is hope. Now hope refers to something desirable, right? So when we are sick, we hope we will what? That's right. We hope we will get well. That is the, our hope, our desire. 
It is something desirable that we have in our lives. If we need something, we hope that God will provide it, that God will give it to us. We have that hope. And so this is what hope is all about. Hope is about looking forward to the thing that we want to happen in our lives. And obviously, as Christians, hopefully, hopefully, our hopes are centered around the things that he has promised. And this is what Abraham is dealing with. God had promised to give something to Abraham. God had promised to give Abraham something. And Abraham, therefore, hoped to receive it. But he hoped contrary to hope. Now, what that means is that even though Abraham had a promise from God, everything in his life just pointed to the impossibility of that coming to pass. So, God had promised to give Abraham and Sarah a child, and they were not having children. Sarah could not get pregnant. That was against his hope. That was contrary to the hope that he had. Sarah just could not get pregnant. Uh, Abraham decided at one point, maybe in a weak moment, and at the instigation of his wife, they kind of conspired together to give Abraham Hagar, the, the servant, to have a child with her. Maybe that was the one that God would bless and through whom the promise would come. And so Hagar and Abraham, they hook up, and Ishmael is born. But Ishmael was not the child of the promise. Abraham had taken matters into his own hands because things seemed impossible at the time. Furthermore, as time went on, he got really old, and Sarah got really old. And people at their age usually don't have any children. And so again, it just seemed impossible for God's promise to come to pass. There was no way. They were just way too old. And so against all of this hope, he had hope. Everything that was attacking him, nevertheless, by faith, he continued to hope that God would fulfill his promise to him. And this is where the encouragement comes to us. Hope is what you want to see in your lives. Hope is what you are waiting for to happen in your lives. And I know all of us here, we have something that we want to see happen in our lives, right? Well, I know I do. And so when we look at our circumstances and we consider what is going on around us, how we feel and how the other person is doing and uh, how situations and things are working out, it just seems that there is no possible way that it is going to work out in our favor. It just seems impossible. And when it seems impossible, that is an attack against our hope. It, is a, it will drain us. We, people are left with no hope. And maybe we have experienced that and we have to battle that from time to time. There is no hope. Why is there no hope? Because we're looking at our circumstances and we're seeing there is no possible way for this to work out. But we are not to give in to that. Because remember... We serve the God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that are not in existence, He calls them into existence. He is the powerful God that we serve, and hope is never dead when it comes to Him. So, Abraham, nevertheless, it says in verse 18 again, contrary to hope, in hope believed. He had faith in God and in the promise that God had made to him. 
Even though everything pointed against it, he still believed in God. Even when things look hopeless to us, have faith in God. Now, now here's the thing. A lot of us, especially if you've been a Christian for any length of time, we know the right things. We know the truths of the Bible. We know the things that God has said, and, and uh, we are aware of them. But because our circumstances and our situation seem so dire, it just seems like we start to doubt, and you know, what is happening, and what is going on here, and where are the promises? Why doesn't God fulfill his promises? And we start to have these things. It seems hopeless to us. And my encouragement to us today is this. You know what's true. Now just have some faith. Just have some faith. Don't give up. Don't give in. Do we really believe that we serve the God who can raise the dead and who can call things into existence? Do we really believe that? So keep having faith in him. So um, now, you know, if I could fix it, if you could fix it, well, you know, we wouldn't need, we wouldn't need God, right? If we could fix it, we would just do it. It's like going to work every day, right? You know, most of us are able to do that. We're able to get up in the morning and brush our teeth and eat breakfast and get in the car and drive to our jobs and, and, and uh, get into that place where we work. You know, maybe our heads are down like this and we're grumbling all the way. I don't want to go to work. You know, I just got to go. I'm just in the rat race here and there's, like, there's no escape for me. But we're able to do it. We're able to get in there. We're able to do our job throughout the day with lots of coffee breaks every 15 minutes. You know, we're just able to make it through the day. We come through the end, to the end of the day. And for the most part, you know, a lot of times we're able to do these things with our own strength. And we don't find ourselves crying out to God. Why? Because we are able to do it. But there are so many things in life, and even these mundane things, we should be looking to God all the time. Even for the things that are impossible in life, we need to have that kind of faith in Him. It is not me who is doing it. It is him who is doing it through me. He is the one who has given me life. He is the one who has given me strength. He is the one who is pushing me forward. So we need to keep on looking towards him. We need God every step of the way. We don't want to find ourselves taking care of it in our own strength. We want to rely upon him. So rely upon him. Trust in him every step of the way. Even when it seems hopeless, rely on the Lord, trust in Him. Third, don't let your faith weaken. Don't let your faith weaken. What? My faith weaken? How can that be? Verse 19 says, and not being weak in faith. You see that? Not being weak in faith. So don't be weak in faith here. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. That's verse 19. Now, you know, we think we achieve a certain level of faith and that we just kind of stay there and just kind of ride in that level that we're at. Of course, we want to get to a better level, but we're never going to go down or backwards or get weak in our faith, but we can. We can allow the circumstances that we are facing to cause doubt to come into our spiritual lives and to weaken our faith. It can happen. And so just because we've achieved a certain level in the past doesn't mean or guarantee that we're going to maintain that certain level right now, depending on what our circumstances are. We have to keep on being vigilant, if you will, in our faith towards God. We have to keep on trusting in our relationship with Him. 
Don't think that you can't go backwards. You can. And here's a verse that implies there is the possibility of the weakening of faith. So our relationship to God, as you've often heard me say, is not based or does not rest on what has happened in the past and what God has done in the past. Those are great things, and they encourage our faith. But what God is doing in our lives is something that He must be doing today and is going to do tomorrow, and we have to continue to have have faith in Him and trust in Him as we keep on going forward. So do not allow your faith to be weakened. Why was his faith possibly weakened? Why? Because he could have considered his own body being a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He could have looked at his circumstances and thrown in the towel. What's the use? I'm so old and she's so old now. I don't know what God is planning to do, but you know, this, it's over with here. He could have had that attitude. But he did not allow his faith to be weakened. He continued to trust in God. And so what weakens our faith potentially? It is when we look at our impossible situations and we start to say things like, well, this is too hard. This is too painful. What's the use of it all? Nothing changes anyway. God doesn't hear my prayers. He never does anything. Those things weaken our faith. And they are expression, expressions of doubt. Now, in James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, James is encouraging believers to ask for wisdom. If you don't have wisdom, ask of God. Then he gives this instruction. He says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not a man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. In this passage, we are encouraged not to doubt, not to be tossed back and forth, not to be double-minded, and not to be unstable in our faith. Do you feel like your life is going like this? Yes, I'm doing good. No, I'm not doing good. Yes, I'm doing good. No. Yes, I'm doing good today. And this is going to be, oh, I sit down back down here and just, you know, back and forth, up and down, up and down, back and forth. And, And this is a a result of the wavering of our faith. Now, you know, it's gonna, it's, this is faith we're talking about. It's going to be struggle, and it is a spiritual exercise. It is connected and linked to our, the health of our relationship with God. And so we want to make sure that our relationship with God continues to grow and continues to go forward, and that our faith is maintained in our, our view upon Him. We are not to look at our circumstances, the deadness of our bodies. We are to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and bring some stability. Instead of riding the waves of, the, of a rough ocean, you heed the, the choppy water advisory, what, small craft advisory, you heed that, and you just make sure that you're sailing on the smoother seas, right? You just keep on going forward. So don't let your faith weaken. The next point is this, don't let your faith waver. And this is similar to what I just said, but he brings it up in the text. So in verse 20, he says, again, encouraging us through Abraham, he, Abraham, did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So do not waver. The word waver here means to evaluate carefully. This is an interesting word. It means to evaluate carefully, to make distinctions, to identify differences, to be uncertain or to criticize something or to show disapproval. It means that you're taking the microscope and you're really investigating something and you're saying, well, 
this. No, it's this. How can it be this? And you're just kind of finding all the nuanced differences there. And because of that, it, it brings uncertainty. It brings this, waver, this idea of wavering into focus. So when we have that attitude towards the promises of God, it's like, well, is it, does it mean this? Or maybe it really means that. Or no, I can't mean that because of that. And you, know, you just kind of figure all of these things out. Now, if anybody is, encourages intellectualism and if anybody encourages a deep study of the Word of God, you're going to get that from me. But sometimes we can nitpick to the point of nitpicking our faith apart. And that's what we don't want to do. We want to make sure that we're going to the Scripture for the building up of our faith, not for the tearing down of our faith. We do not want to waver. To give you an example of this, it is like when God told Adam and Eve, when you eat from this fruit, you're going to die. That was, that was the statement that God had made to them. When you eat from this fruit, you're going to die. So the devil comes, and he begins the wavering process. He comes to Eve, and he says this, Did God really say you're going to die when you eat from the fruit? Did he really say that? So now you begin to evaluate. Did he say that? Maybe he said that? No, he said we can't touch it, uh, and so on and so forth. It was an attack against her faith, against his faith. There was a point of uncertainty, a questioning that arose in her mind and in Adam's mind. There was this criticizing, and in the wavering then, their faith faltered. And they fell. But Abraham did not waver. He did not allow his circumstance to challenge his faith and trust that God would have a promise. Now, the birth of Isaac was not the only challenge to his faith that Abraham had to face with respect to the promise. Because you remember, 12 years later about, God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac on the altar. Wow! And by then, you know what Abraham believed? It tells us in Hebrews chapter 11. It says that Abraham believed that God was able to raise the dead. That's how this passage starts. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things into existence that were not in existence. God is able to do that. That is who God was, I mean, Abraham was looking at. That was the, the God that he had faith in. Abraham believed him. And when God said, sacrifice Isaac, Abraham believed that God would raise him from the dead if that's what it took to, for him to keep his promise. And so let us go forward without allowing our faith to waver. And that brings us to the last point this morning. Let your faith grow stronger. Now you remember the disciples, they were with Jesus. And they came to Jesus one day and they said, Lord, increase our faith. They understood this. They understood the need to grow in faith. And this is where the encouragement comes to us, too. We want to grow in our faith. In verse 20 and 21, verses 20 and 21, it says, He, Abraham, did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform. He believed that God would perform it. He was fully convinced. That word means completely certain, fully assured, convinced, or persuaded. He did not waver. He did not doubt. God promised it, and he believed that God would bring it about 
no matter what. He was strong in his faith. He strengthened his faith. He went forward in his faith. So trust in God that he is at work in your lives, no matter what. Do you believe that this morning? I don't know what it is that you're facing. I don't know what issues or what uh, difficulties or what challenges you are facing this morning. He is able to work in your lives even in spite of those things. And so we, we should trust him. Your faith gives glory to God and pleases him. Here in verse 20, um, it says again, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. It's not as he gave glory, or as giving glory to God, or as he gave glory to God, but his strengthening of faith gave glory to God. And this is what we have to remember, that our faith glorifies God. When we have faith, God is praised, God is glorified. And that is our goal, that is our hope, right? We want to bring all the glory to God. We want to give Him all the glory and all of the attention. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, we read this. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So if you want to please Him, make sure that you're doing what you do with faith. Then you have the hope of pleasing Him. So let our strengthening of faith give glory to God. Our faith is more precious than gold to Him. And so let us have faith. He is pleased with that. He is, he is glorified by that. And we will be blessed by it. So do not grow weak in faith, but continue to be strong in faith. I want to go back to Romans chapter 4, verse 18. And let me read the first part again. Abraham, contrary to hope... In hope, believed. Contrary to hope, in hope, believed. Now, this is where I want you to take your papers. So if you take out your paper, and I didn't hand out any pencils or pens, so hopefully you have something to write with, and if you don't, uh, when I'm done, I'll throw you my pencil. And you can use it, and then you can pass it on to somebody else. But I want you to take your pencil this year, right now, not this year, but... uh, and what I want you to write on this paper is this. this is, you are not writing resolutions down. This is not, these are not New Year's resolutions. This is what I want us to do this morning. I want you to write on here the things that you hope for in God that He will do for you this year. What do you want God to do for you this year? That's what I want us to write down on this paper. And as uh, you guys can go, well, no, don't start yet, sorry. Um, as uh, we sing the song, then after we have written them down, I want us to bring them up, and you can lay them next to, not, don't put them in the offering tray, but if you do, it doesn't matter. Just kind of lay them down on the front here as kind of a token giving them to God. Now, remember, as we do this, we give them to God with the increasing of our faith, believing that God is going to do this thing, even when it comes to little things in our lives. And my basis for that is in the Lord's Prayer where he says, give us this day our daily bread. I believe that God cares about the little things in our lives as well as the big things in our lives. So you write it down. If you want God to do it in your life this year, you write down your hope and your expectations for God on this paper. And as we lay them down, we are yielding them to God in faith. 
And also, I want us to remember as we're yielding them to God in faith, that we remember what Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. So we might write something down here that we want, but it's not God's will for us. And so we give them hoping that God will do it, but yielding ourselves to to his will. For he is sovereign and he knows what's going on in our lives. So we yield to God, not my will, but yours be done. And we give them to God with hope and expectation. The music team here is going to play through our song one time.